0: It's like I want to encourage all of you guys to to, uh, to get out there and travel. Like, it, like you don't have to have all the money in the world. You don't have to have a car or anything like that. It's like, you can you can see a lot of the world just in your own neighborhoods. Because I I feel like there's a lot of people these days who tend not to get out of the house or anything like that, and all they're doing is just watching like TV or like the media and, and saying like all the negative things about the world. But it's like, if you if you just Get out of your house and go to a park that's near you or, or go to a store, or go to like a museum that's in your city. It's like, again, it's like you don't have to you don't have to fly halfway around the world. Or you don't have to drive to another part of the your home state or anything like you can learn so much cool things about your home city. Get, try some amazing food and, of course, meet a lot of a lot of great people. Because after, after all, travel is it again. It's a it's a nice escape from from a lot of the the troubles of of, of everyday society. So so it's, again, it's a, a very very nice escape. And like I just want to encourage you guys to get out and travel and, and see the world for yourself. Um, at the end of the day, it's like it's going to make a huge difference in a positive way.
1: You just heard the creator of the Scottman Eight Nine Five Travel YouTube video channel. Talking about the objectives of his channel. Stay with us and find out more on this episode of Preservation Oaks. Good day, everyone. Thanks for being here. We have a great program for you today. For this episode, we greet Mr. Scott Simons, a video blogger located in Detroit, Michigan. Scott, also known as ScottMan895, has been traveling and creating videos for more than a decade. By the end of this episode, I hope you'll consider following along with ScottMan895 on his travels. This is the very first episode in a new series here on Preservation Oaks, where we identify video creators who are preserving and telling the stories of history, one video at a time. If you have a video channel where you tell the stories of history and you'd like to be a guest on the program, send an email to preservationoaks at gmail.com. If you're a museum, preservation, historical, cultural, or genealogical society looking to start creating your own videos, Telling the Stories of History, I hope this new series will help you technically and inspire you to jump into the history pool. The water's fine in here. This is Sean Thomas Radcliffe coming to you from Salt Lake City and this is Preservation Oaks, the internationally syndicated original talk program on MicroStream Radio, where we feature information about museums, cultural and heritage institutions, Historical Preservation and Genealogical Societies Across the United States. By the way, our main platform is preservationoaks.podbean.com. But you can find us on nearly all podcast platforms, as well as Rumble, Getter, Minds, TikTok, Facebook, Odyssey, and YouTube. So wherever you listen to the program, I really appreciate it very much when you like, comment, follow, or subscribe. If you're listening and you'd like to be a guest on the program, or if you have questions or comments about the program, spin off an email to preservationoaks at gmail.com. We previously completed an episode entitled, Who Needs an Archivist? where Ms. Cheyenne Yanstadter, the Archives Manager and Outreach Associate at the Museum of Danish America, discussed this topic. On our next episode of Preservation Oaks, we'll meet with Mr. James Burns, discussing the topic, Who Needs a Curator? Mr. Burns has a vast amount of experience being a professional curator for over 20 years. He then became a director and is now an independent museum consultant. So that means he is a great resource to discuss this topic and really knows what he's doing. I can't wait. And this episode should be fun and interesting. All right, that being said, let's get this show snapping. Some historical July events for this episode on July 2nd, 1776. The Continental Congress in Philadelphia adopted the following resolution, originally introduced on June 7th by Richard Henry Lee of Virginia. Resolved that these united colonies are, and of right ought to be, free and independent states, that they are absolved from all allegiance to the British crown, and that all political connection between them and the state of Great Britain is and ought to be totally dissolved. That it is expedient forthwith to take the most effectual measures for forming foreign alliances, that a plan of confederation be prepared and transmitted to the receptive colonies for their consideration and approbation. On July 2, 1964, President Lyndon B. Johnson signed the Civil Rights Act of 1964, prohibiting discrimination on the basis of race in public accommodations, publicly owned or operated facilities, employment and union membership, and in voter registration. The Act allowed for cutoff of federal funds in places where discrimination remained. Happy birthday to the first African American on the U.S. Supreme Court, Thurgood Marshall. He lived from 1908 to 1993 and was born in Baltimore, Maryland. He was nominated by President Johnson. He began his 24 year career on the High Court in 1967. Happy birthday to promoter and showman P.T. Barnum, who lived from 1810 to 1891. He was born in Bethel, Connecticut. His American Museum opened in 1842, exhibiting unusual acts such as the Fiji Mermaid, Siamese Twins Chang and Eng, and General Tom Thumb. In 1871, Barnum opened the greatest show on earth in Brooklyn, New York. He later merged with rival J.A. Bailey to form the Barnum and Bailey Circus. Happy birthday to baseball pitcher Leroy R. Satchel Paige, who lived from 1906 to 1982. He was born in Mobile, Alabama. Following a career in the Negro Leagues, he became, at age 42, the first African-American pitcher in the American League. He was inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame in 1971. On July 8, 1776, the first public reading of the Declaration of Independence occurred as Colonel John Nixon read it to an assembled crowd in Philadelphia. Oh, if we ever perfect time travel to the past, I hope that school children are able to go to this event. How thrilling that would be. Happy birthday to the first American saint, Francis Xavier Cabrini, who lived from 1850 to 1917. Francis was born in Lombardy, Italy. She was the founder of the Missionary Sisters of the Sacred Heart of Jesus and established Catholic schools, orphanages, convents, and hospitals. She was canonized on July 7, 1946 by Pope Pius XII. On July 21, 1898, the island of Guam was ceded to the United States by Spain. Thank you to thehistoryplace.com for our July historic events and birthdays. Alright, let's drink some tea, some Twining's Tea. Love Twining's Tea. Alright, here's a short bio of today's guest. Now today's guest, Mr. Scott Simons, has always had a passion for travel and has always enjoyed traveling to different places. In May 2009, Scott started his YouTube channel, Scottman895Travel, which contains many different travel videos. Back in his early content creation days, Scott produced a lot of content around his home state of Michigan. Through the years, Scott has traveled to 46 United States and 17 international countries. Now, Scottman895 has thousands of followers and thousands of views of his videos per month. Scott produces videos highlighting his adventures and the history of his travel destinations. He provides tips on how to plan a trip to a particular destination and also inspires others to get out and travel to learn the history of where you live and the broader world. In this episode, we highlight the work Scott is doing and how valuable it is for people who aren't able to travel, people who want to continue their learning about the country and the world, or those who just like to learn about the history and experience these great destinations. Welcome to the program, Scott.
2: Thank you very much. It's an honor to be here today.
1: Well, it's an honor to have you here today. You do great work on your YouTube channel.
2: Oh, thank you.
1: So Detroit, you live in or around Detroit area, right?
0: Correct. Yeah, I don't live in the city, but I live like in the metropolitan area of, of Detroit.
1: Okay. How's your weather today?
0: It's not sunny out today. It's kind of overcast, but it's it's not raining though. But we we kind of needed the rain here because it's been very dry for most of June. So it's always nice to see it rain every once in a while. So that way it stays nice and green, and then all the crops can grow.
1: You know, the thing that I liked most when I went on my map app and did a street view and went to Detroit, I really. Admire the unique character of Detroit. If you're standing in Detroit and you're looking around, you know you're in Detroit because it doesn't look like every other city.
0: What's really cool about Detroit is that it's like, yeah, when you're staying in downtown, it's like you can you can see the Detroit Renaissance Center, which is of course where the General Motors headquarters is located. And and I feel like, especially in Detroit, it's the one city where you can see the the most amount of American-made cars, like. Like the big three, like Ford, Chrysler, GM. Like I don't see that in any other city.
2: Right?
1: Are they still there? Their headquarters? Two
0: of the three are in, or well, one's in downtown Detroit. That's General Motors. The other one, or the other two, are more like in the in the suburbs. You got Ford in Dearborn, and then Chrysler up in Auburn Hills.
1: Okay, still right in that area. I bet that employs a lot of people there.
0: Oh, yeah. oh, for sure, like. I I know people who who worked at at any of the big three. As a matter of fact, my late grandfather used to work for Ford.
1: Oh, I'll be darn. Well, that's cool. I know Detroit also has a rich cultural heritage. You've got Motown, and I don't exactly understand Motown what that is. Then you've got jazz and techno as well.
0: Oh, oh yeah, yeah for sure. It's like yeah, because yeah, Motown yeah, originated out of Detroit, like in the. In the 1960s. Yeah, it, I think it's, think it's a uh, predominantly African-American. And like, there's been so many great artists from like the, the Supreme, Stevie Wonder, yeah. the Jackson Five. Like, they all got their start in, in Detroit, which is absolutely spectacular. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I also noticed this morning when I was looking at the area that you've got great lakes right there. You've got Lake St. Clair, Lake Erie, and Lake Huron to the north. I bet you see a lot of boats out there, huh?
0: Absolutely. It's like, yeah, it's like, especially at this time of the year, like everybody's out on their boat. Yeah, Lake St. Clair, yeah, or like the bigger great lakes like Lake Erie, Lake Erie, or even Lake Michigan, the west side of the state. Especially at this time of the year, everybody's out on their boats or fishing or swimming. Yeah. It's, it's a great time to be on the lake.
1: Yeah, no kidding. Wonderful. Like Chicago, they get the lake effect snow. Do you guys get that off those lakes in the winter?
0: We do, although it's, it's more centered in the western side of the state, like where Grand Rapids is, which is the second largest city. They tend to get more than us, but a lot of it can sneak its way over to the east side of the state to where we can, we can see quite a bit of snow in, uh, during the winter months.
1: You know, you couldn't have picked a better location to start creating videos than Detroit. And you're here because you have a great YouTube channel, and I want to make sure we highlight that. What's the history of Detroit?
0: Uh, Detroit's been along for quite a long time. It was it goes all the way back to the beginning of the 18th century when it was founded back around 1701 by French explorer Antoine Cadillac, who established a fort called the Fort Padre-trained du uh, Detroit. De the, the fort was around for the 18th century because, yeah, where Michigan is today, that was a part of New France. And then after the French and Indian War, France lost all their the territory in, in the area. and was ceded to the to the british and then for the end of the 18th century it got transferred over to the to the united states although during the beginning of the war of 1812 the detroit area was like at the of the battleground at the very beginning so it's like detroit briefly for a year went back to british control and then uh, at least a year later then it went back to the united states pretty much for goods. So, and then of course since then detroit has really developed into a to a, a major city where, at the turn of the 20th century, that's when Detroit got really established as being the Motor City, where you have all the, the big automotive companies such as General Motors. Although I think I think some of it is starting up in nearby Flint, but it's pretty close to Detroit anyway. But anyway, so you have the, there's General Motors, Ford, and Chrysler. They all got their start here in Detroit, and of course, major uh, auto, automotive pioneer Henry Ford started the earth. Uh, this is where he created, of course, the assembly line for for his company, which basically really helped kick off the automotive industry with Ford. Especially over the 20th century, it's like Detroit really got developed with all, with everything with the automobile. And 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 I will admit, Detroit had some had some issues in, in recent decades too, because there were like the, the there were the Detroit rise in the 1960s, and Detroit did recently have a a bankruptcy, but. The great thing is that Detroit was able to come out of bankruptcy, and it's really expanded in recent years to where it's really come out to be really strong again. And there's a lot of lot of businesses are moving back into Detroit. Like there's a lot of great opportunities for Detroit.
1: That's very good. So, what's the history of your Scottman Eight Nine Five Travel YouTube channel? Oh, yeah.
0: So I, my channel's been around for around 14 years. So I first got started around 2009, where I originally was starting Like, I wasn't really doing a whole lot with it at the beginning because I was still attending a university. So I, I only had time for the most part, like when I wasn't studying, to, where I could just go out to the different parks around the Detroit area. But then as time went on, then I started to film more content as I got to explore more, more around the my home state of Michigan, as well as throughout the United States, and then also to many other countries around the world.
1: Fantastic. And so it's evolved over the years. I know watching some of your earlier videos compared to your last one, which unless you released another one, it was Traverse City. You did a couple in Traverse City, and you had a happy adventuring hat on during those videos. Is that hat meaningful to you?
0: It's a hat that I bought from a very good friend of mine, And what's really cool about the hat is that it has a nice message to it, just because when it comes to travel, it's a a great escape. Because unfortunately, there's a lot of issues and problems that are out there in the world. And the nice thing about travel is that it's a nice escape from that. It's not necessarily like like the solution to all life's problems or anything, but it's always nice every once in a while just just to get out and uh, have a great adventure.
1: See something different. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's very cool. So what's your background, Scott? I understand you work in information technology. Is that why you travel so often?
0: Oh, yeah. So yeah, I've been working in information technology for around, I'd say at least 12 years. I work as an infrastructure engineer, so I handle like a lot of different things with administration. I'm not so much of a program or anything. I'm basically the almost like the backbone for anything that gets developed.
1: Oh, fantastic. How do you get the time to travel to all the locations each season? So that's one nice thing
0: about being able to work during the work week is that I, I work during the week, but then usually I'll have time either on weekends or during vacations or holidays to where I can go out in and explore Michigan or the rest of the United States or other places around the world.
1: Yeah, you've been to a lot of different countries. I really like those videos because You know, when you look at a travel video that's produced by like Rick Steves, that's a production, you know what I mean? They probably do 15 takes to get, you know, one piece of video. You're the common man out there traveling and you're just showing it like it is. Like anybody, if you land in a certain place and you go to the city center, you know, that's what I like about your videos. Oh, thank you. Now Scott I'd like to give listeners the contact information for your channel since they've heard about it. Listeners, you can find Scottman895 Travel on YouTube. Scott's website is scottman895travel.com. Scott has a Facebook page called Scottman895 and this is important. You can support him on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com/ scottman895. And if you'd like to contact Scott, you can find a contact form on his website. Does that all sound right?
0: Yep, that's, yep, that's correct.
1: Okay. What got you started making videos, Scott? What was your motivation then and what keeps you motivated now?
0: Huh, so it, it goes back before I created my very first YouTube channel. So like back when I was a kid growing up, I used to love taking pictures of either people like family or friends, or even just some little minor excursions I would do around the Detroit area. And then that's why I started experimenting a little bit with video a little bit too, although I didn't upload anything online yet, just because I was a little nervous at first, because again, this was all new stuff to me. But I kind of have a little bit of a more unorthodox way of starting my channel because like, again, this was back during my college days, Back when I was growing up, I used to play a lot of video games as well, too, like a lot of the Nintendo games. I don't really play a whole lot anymore because all the travel and work, pretty much all my time these days. But like I used to watch like these playthrough called playthroughs called Let's Plays, where it was basically just, just another person where they're playing a video game and they are commentating over their gameplay, which oh, I yeah. thought that was really cool. And so that I was thinking because I love to travel so much that I could do something just like that where I could film myself going to different places and then I would I would essentially uh do my own commentation over over my travels. So that's where I began my my Skyman 895 channel. it started as just just Skyman 895, but I decided to add the word travel onto it several years later just to emphasize that my content is primarily travel based. So as I kept traveling, it's like I really enjoyed sharing my experiences with the world. And one of the big motivations these days is that I really enjoy making content for, for all my all my followers and, and for the world. So I so that gives me a huge incentive. And and also like my family and my friends are huge supporters of mine. And it's like they're always giving me the, the encouragement to not only keep going with the trials, but sometimes they even want to they're even talking about wanting to join me on some of my adventures and things like that too. So so that's really cool.
1: Well gosh, I hope they do that. That would be very cool. In fact, I was going to ask you if you ever partner up with anyone else on your travels.
0: Um. So, so most of the time it's it's a, it's a solo venture because I'm mainly a solo traveler, which is someone who pretty much goes out on their own, which is which is a really cool thing because you don't have to rely on anybody else's schedule or anything like that. I just just get up and go. But every once in a while, it's always cool to to meet up with other people. Like I've met up with other followers of mine who have met me on social media, and and I have friends. All over the world too. Where I've gotten to, like I, I even got to meet up with a very good friend of mine, and think twice. Once in San Francisco, the other in London just last year, and also I did a group trip to Bali, Indonesia in 2019. Yeah, as one of my very good friends was co-running a trip in Bali, so I so I got to film a lot of content there, and of course, and it got to meet so many great people. And I even got to also the same person who made the happy adventuring hat too. I I first met her back in 2019 when I went a trip to what went to Toronto and and I got to do like a little, a little collab with her. And like, and what's really cool is that uh, she and I are to this day are very, very good friends. And then also uh, another cool thing too, is that I was doing a video recently or it's up on YouTube now, but I, I wanted to do a video on the foods of Detroit where I went where I talk about all the different foods which you can get in Detroit, whether it's like Detroit-style deep dish or the or like Coney dogs from like the Coney Islands that we have all throughout Detroit. But I, I even had my my four nieces and my nephew join up for me at uh, Buddy's Pizza, where we all got to share pizza, and that was a that was a really fun experience. I absolutely loved having having my nieces and my nephew join up for me. I'd love to have them out on another. Another adventure of me at some point, too. But yeah, it's like, I'm just really, I'm really proud with how, how they came out. Like, they're all either in college now or they are starting their, their own lives now, which is really impressive. But like, I, I care deeply about them.
1: It's amazing how fast they grow, huh?
0: Oh, I know. I feel like they're, they're, they're going too fast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Scott, can you tell us a couple of funny or interesting stories from the history of your YouTube channel?
0: A couple of things that come out in my mind like the first thing well the first thing that comes out like as i'm filming because obviously i'm human like we're all human so we all always make mistakes at times so like what will happen is if i'm filming something it's like i end up having to redo a take because either someone's like doing like a wave like behind like behind me or something like that which is which i i find that hilarious like it's not i don't Condemn it or anything like that. I find it, it's more funny than anything else. Like to where, like there's something that's funny going on the scene, or, or I am filming something. All of a sudden, someone's like doing some funny stuff off, off in the distance or something. To where I I start to chuckle and things like that. So what I end up doing with that is that I I compile a blooper reel that goes up like the very last day of every year. It's a it's a New Year's Eve tradition for me. So every New Year's Eve I upload the blooper reel from all the videos I post in the past year. Because it does two things. One, like it, it's it's quality entertainment. Shows all the funny moments when I'm filming my content, and but also shows that like I'm not perfect, and I'll have some type of a goof up, whether it's because of someone being funny in the background, or I I forget my line, or or I forget my facts, or something, or I or I stammer or or stutter or something like. Oh, next
1: take. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Have you ever gone to a city and? you know, been stopped by the police or anything like that for filming?
0: I've not had any issues with the police or anything like that. There's been a couple like smaller instances where I was told not to film. Like, for example, I think I was in downtown Detroit, like at one of the parks. And I think, and I found out later that I think they, they didn't, didn't allow professional filming or anything like that. The reason why I say that is because although my content's for like, just for like my own YouTube channel, but... But because I'm using like professional gear, it's like, like that can sometimes like raise a red flag a little bit to where I was told that, 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 yeah, I could film, but not that not this location, just to go across the street. Or even one time when I went to a restaurant several months ago, where I think an employee of the restaurant was asking what I was doing. And before I could get out, that was wanting to try to promote their restaurant as a part of a restaurant tour that I was told that to, to please delete the recording and. And and please leave. Huh. So I went ahead and did that. Every restaurant is kind of different, though. Some are a little hesitant about stuff like that. Others, I, I've had owners come over to me just to thank me for for making a video and and things like that. So it's like it's it's pretty it's pretty interesting how everybody reacts to a camera.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's very interesting. Now you must shoot. I don't know when you're in a city, you must shoot several hours of video. Do you edit your own videos?
0: Uh, yes. I produce 100% of all my content. So I, I do all the planning, I do all the filming, and, and then also like any voiceovers I add. And after the fact, I'll write up some voiceovers to record, and then I edit it all together, render it, and then post it onto YouTube. So I, I do everything.
1: Oh, wow. That's very cool. How much time does that take on average to edit each episode for release? It really depends
0: on the video because every video is different. I'd say on average, it can take me anywhere from two to four hours. And that's to do like it's done in multiple parts. Like the first part is I take all the footage from my trip and then I try to sort them chronologically and how I would like to have them in the video. Most of the time is usually sequential from when I recorded it because I, I film a lot of things vlog style. So it goes from beginning to end. But there are times where some clips could be filmed out of order just because it's more convenient or it fits better with the storyline for mm-hmm. the video. So that's what I'll I'll look at every clip and then I'll put them all together to try to, to form one story. And, and then at the same time to find any clips which are... Not really good for the video or seem out of place, so then I'll put them in a separate folder. I don't delete them, I just put them in like in a folder I call rejects, so that way, in the event I needed that clip for any reason, I can always go back to it later. Yeah, and then I will also, and some clips that are like outtakes or bloopers, I'll put in a blooper folder so that way at the end of the year, I'll compile them in my annual blooper reel. And then once I have all the clips chronologically in order i would like to have in the video then that's when i go into my editing software and then i'll put them all together add like the the necessary music annotations that i need to to make to polish the video and then i'll play back the video to make sure everything sounds good And, and then the last step is to render it and then finally post it to youtube so overall yeah it takes like two to four hours on on average so okay
1: How often do you release an episode?
0: So, I basically upload two videos a week as of now. Like, I'll upload Mondays and Thursdays. Every Monday is always a new travel vlog. And then Thursdays, I have like driving videos called Driving with Skyman 895. So, like, my travel vlogs are all my normal travel ventures around Michigan or the United States or or around the world. And then on Thursdays, I have a, the series called Driving with Scott 95," where it's kind of the same thing, except I'm driving in my vehicle, and I have a GoPro mounted to my dashboard. So I'm recording as I'm driving, and then I'm also commenting at the same time. So those videos go, go up on Thursdays. So it's a little bit of a variety each week.
1: Yeah, very cool. Now, you mentioned having more professional-type equipment. How has your equipment changed since you first began filming your videos?
0: Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's it's really evolved over the years. So like when I first began, like all I was using was just a regular point and shoot digital camera, which had terrible quality. But then again, I started back in 2009. So like the really high quality stuff was outrageously expensive back then. Plus, I was only a college student when I first began the, the YouTube channel, but it it got the job done. So it's like I start off just using a, a simple digital camera. And then also just using like the, for editing software, I was just using like Windows Movie Maker, which is like the software that comes with every Windows machine, kind of like how Apple has iMovie, et cetera. And then over the years, that's when I started to, as I was able to afford better equipment, I upgraded to a a, a DSLR camera, which I use for not only for my videos, but also for like photography as well too. And then also have a, I have a Rode microphone, which goes on top of my camera with has like a wind sock on top of it where I've gotten some funny comments from people about asking me what, what it is. It, like the wind sock is a way to filter out the wind when oh, you're man. filming, because audio quality is very important when filming any video. So I always have my microphone with the wind sock attached to it and also have like a, I have a, a gorilla pod, which is, a, it's like a mini tripod, but it works very well. It gives me a nice, little handle for me to be able to film myself on camera and then with when it comes to editing software like i i use like it's called vegas pro it used to be sony vegas now it's thing owned by Mag- magix it's one of the many editing software that that's out there so that's the one i use i know other ones are like adobe premiere or final cut pro like so those are some of the more popular ones but i really enjoyed using the software that i use right now just just because it gets the job done has comes or it comes with a lot of different bells and whistles with the.
1: Oh, that's neat. Now, one of the things I really enjoyed when I first found your channel was that you go into a city and you'll talk about the food and show restaurants from the common man's perspective. But you'll also give a little history overview as much as you can, as much as you know about the place. You'll give that history. And I, and that intrigued me to to want to listen more. Did you enjoy history as you progressed through school?
0: Oh, yes. Yeah. So yeah, but as I was growing up, like a, I I really enjoyed all the different social studies and history classes over, over the years. I even had a, a really good high school history teacher who was very enthusiastic about US history. Like he did a really good job presenting it. So I so really enjoyed that. And then when, my first year at University I had a really good professor where, where I took like a it was like a modern European history class and it was really interesting. So I've always enjoyed hearing a different historical information from yeah from over the years, whether it's American or
2: world history.
1: oh very cool. So Scott, what are the objectives from your perspective? What are the objectives of your channel?
0: So the goal with with nine nine five travel is it's like I want to encourage all of you guys to to uh, to get out there and travel like like you don't have to have all the money in the world you don't have to have a car or anything like that like you can you can see a lot of the world just in your own neighborhoods because i I feel like there's a lot of people these days who tend not to get out of the house or anything like that and all they're doing is just watching like tv or like the media and, and saying like all the negative things about the world but it's like if you if you just get out your house and go to a park that's near you or, or go to a store, or go to like a museum that's in your city. It's like, again, it's like, you don't have to, you don't have to fly halfway around the world. Or you don't have to drive to another part of the, your home state or anything like you can learn so much cool things about your home city. Get, try some amazing food. And of course meet a lot of, a lot of great people. Because after, after all, travel is, again, it's a, it's a nice escape from, from a lot of the, the troubles of, of, of everyday society. So, so it's, again, it's a, a very very nice escape. And like I, I just want to encourage you guys to get out and travel and, and see the world for yourself. Um, at the end of the day, it's like it's going to make a huge difference in a positive way.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. Why do you think your channel is important for people to follow?
0: So with my travels, like, as you mentioned briefly too, it's like, I like to go to different destinations, whether it's parks or to or to different cities because they do provide a, like a very informational source of knowledge about visiting a particular place. Like if you're looking to plan a trip to let's say Detroit or to Traverse city or Chicago or to Serbia or the United Kingdoms, like, like some of the places that I've gotten to check out on my trip, I'll be able to tell you some information about about my personal experiences there, and it'll really help plan your adventures.
1: Now, I know that all of this travel that you do and the videos that you shoot and so on have to cost some money. What kind of funding model supports the YouTube channel?
0: So for the most part, it's like yeah, anything I'm paying for travel, it's it's mostly out of my own cash, like basically like what I earn with my annual salary with my full-time job but i also have like ads running on my videos i do collect some ad revenue from from people when they're watching the video so like for example like if you call up on one of my videos and there's like an ad that rolls like the first several seconds of a video some of that money will go to me and then at the same time too i also have my patreon as well so like if you wanted to pitch in a few dollars a month uh, that's another way where i can Earn income from doing YouTube videos as well too. Okay. With Patreons, like like usually donate like just maybe like a few dollars a month, but even even though it may not sound significant, but it can go a long way, especially with inflation these days. Like a lot of things, especially with going to get food or or fill up my gas tank, that it can really make things a lot more expensive than it used to be. So what? So with Patreons, like I view it as a way to worth It helps provide some money for like going to a couple of different restaurants on my travels. So that's a nice way of of, of giving back. So it's like if you're donating like five or ten dollars a month, I can use that toward going to a to a different restaurant and then which can be featured in my, my different content, whether it's my YouTube videos or or even like some Instagram or TikTok content that I'll post as well, too, on the side.
1: Yeah, I know you've been doing these videos for over a decade. What's your audience? What have you noticed as far as who is your audience? Are are they people in the United States primarily, or do you have viewers from all across the world?
0: Most of my viewers, I believe, are out of the United States, and they're, like, all ages. Like, so people of, of all, all sorts will watch my content. And I do have some viewers from around the world as well, too. I, and I know, like, I have a lot of viewers out of Canada, the United Kingdom. I think those are, like, the two most popular countries outside the United States who watch my content.
1: Have you noticed any kind of an age group within your, the people that are interested in your content?
0: I have people from, from many different ages from as young as like 18 years old to as to as much as like people like in their sixties and seventies world. Like I obviously people who are likely in their sixties and seventies where they may, may not be able to travel much anymore and they'll, of one of my videos because it was a place they used to go to all the time, or it's where they grew up, and they, they don't live there anymore. Like I, I'll get comments like almost every week where they say like I really miss Detroit, or I'll, or I really miss this particular city. like I, I live in Florida. Or I live in Texas now, and I'd love to make a trip back up to Michigan someday.
1: Oh right. So you mentioned that you plan all of your shoots, all of the places that you go. What kinds of preparation do you do when planning a visit and shooting a video in a given location?
0: So before I, I I plan any trip, I usually do a little bit of research on what I'm planning to do. So like, so like, like, for example, like I'm planning an upcoming trip to northeast Wisconsin, and I'm looking to like to go like to the, to Door County, Wisconsin, which was nicknamed the Cape Cod of the Midwest. So like when I'm playing an adventure like that, I'll I'll check out different cities, towns, and parks I to that I want to visit, and then I usually go like to the city or town's website, or even like to like a to like the, the visitors bureau to basically get some more information on some some facts about the city or different things to see and do at a particular place, and then because also like finding out a little bit more about the city itself, like how it came to be. So like check out the different history. That's where I'll, a lot of times we'll check up the city website or another great source of information too is always like the historical society website because every city or county has its own like historical society. So they provide a lot of historical information on there as well too. Right,
1: yeah, right. How do you select the locations that you go to?
0: I'm always enjoy learning about new places. So if I see something really interesting on the map, it gives me an incentive to to go there to to make a video and of course see the place for myself. And there's been times too where I might do one trip and then I driving through a city or a town and it looks really fascinating. It's like wow, this is really cool. So it gives me an idea to make a return trip, or even like same case with like with finding new parks or new restaurants to check out. And there's even been especially in the case of restaurants where I've had people suggest different cities or different restaurants to check out. So I'll read their comment and then I'll I'll look up the restaurant in the city and it looks really intriguing to me. So as a result, I'll end up making the the, the trip over there.
1: Yeah, I like the way that you may make a trip before the actual filming trip just to reconnoitre, you know, the city and, and get used to things. That's very good.
0: Yep, yep exactly.
1: On your recent Q and A video that you released, you announced you'll be going to the country of Georgia in September twenty twenty three. Is that trip still on?
0: Oh yes, yep, yeah, that's still on. Which, which that reminds me, I still need to book my place for that trip. But, but yeah, I just I just recently sent my payment for the trip, so I'm really looking forward to to going there because I've been to Europe many times, but not to not really. To that part of the world, I'm really looking forward to to going to Georgia, and I've I've had some fun telling people about the fact that I'm going to Georgia because if I'm telling like like family, for example, that I'm planning a trip to Georgia, like 9 out of ten, like they're always thinking, oh, so like, oh, you're just you're just going to like Atlanta or something, but <laughs> but nope, so so I'm actually going to the the, the Republic of Georgia, which used to be a, a former part of the, the the Soviet Union.
1: All right, uh-huh. so.
0: So it's going to be really, really interesting because I know we'll be going to the capital, Tbilisi, and then going all around the city, check out some different landscapes there because there's a a lot of beautiful mountains where Georgia is, like in the Caucasus region. Basically, It's basically where Europe and Asia come together. It's like near Turkey and Russia in that area. Very
1: cool. I can't wait to see the videos from that trip. That's going to be great. Scott, it's time for our first break for a few minutes. Sounds good. Yep. I want to thank you for being here.
0: Oh, it's no problem.
1: All right, listeners, we'll be right back after these
3: important messages.
2: Are you stuck at home but longing for adventure? Do you crave the thrill of exploring new places and immersing yourself in diverse cultures? Then Scottman 895 travel videos on YouTube are your passport to an extraordinary world of discovery. From the old world beauty of Europe to cities across the USA, Scottman 895 travel videos on YouTube take you on a visual journey like no other. Experience the beauty of breathtaking landscapes, the excitement of vibrant cityscapes, and the serenity of hidden gems that only the locals know. Get inspired by the stories of Scottman 895 and ignite your wanderlust with captivating visuals and authentic experiences. Subscribe to the Scottman 895 Travel Channel today and let the world come alive before your eyes. Become a Patreon supporter and follow Scottman895 as he uncovers the beauty of cities across Europe. Taste the flavors of exotic cuisines and connect with like-minded people from around the globe. Don't just dream about your next adventure, make it a reality. Subscribe to the Scottman895 Travel YouTube channel and embark on a journey that will expand your horizons and create memories that will last a lifetime. Scottman 895 Travel Videos on YouTube Let the world be your guide. Subscribe and support now and let the adventure begin. It's time for Preservation Oaks Book Shorts. Book Shorts is a segment of the program where we quickly introduce listeners to authors and books which satisfy your love of history and genealogy, help you with your own research, and finally help you improve the depth and wisdom of your unique family story.
1: On this installment of Book Shorts, we're very honored to be joined by author Paula Webb. Paula Lenore Webb has a Master's in Library and Information Science from the University of Alabama. She's currently a tenured librarian at the University of South Alabama in Mobile. Ms. Webb has always enjoyed research and documented her local history findings in her first book, Mobile Under Siege Surviving the Union Blockade, which was published in 2016. She has continued pursuing this avenue of research in her latest book, Such a Woman. The Life of Madame Octavia Walton Levert, and that book is the topic of this book short segment. Ms. Webb has a very elegant touch with history, and this exceptionally researched book, Such a Woman, The Life of Madame Octavia Walton Levert, is brilliantly rich and full with essential details only distinguished by excellent research. Ms. Webb provides the reader with an understanding of the true nature of this wonderful 19th century woman. Octavia was a fully established and intelligent personality who reached well-deserved national acclaim. She was dazzlingly intelligent, multilingual, and treasured by her distinguished family. Octavia became Madame Levert because of her work ethic, talent, Intelligence and inquisitiveness about the world. Her self confidence sustained her through the tumultuous times she lived through, throughout both sadness and success. Even when her world fell apart, Octavia wasted no time with remorse, regret, or bitterness. Instead, she got busy and moved forward because it would not have even been thought by her to do anything less. Today's book shorts author, Ms. Paula Webb, has created a sincere and captivating portrait of this venerable woman. Madame Octavia Levert's real story is so much richer than fiction. The book, Such a Woman, The Life of Madame Octavia Walton Levert, gives a picture-perfect representation of Madame Octavia Levert. From that, the reader is able to get to warmly know this amazing person. Paula, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. First of all, I'd like to say how awesome your book is. It's captivated me throughout. I couldn't put it down until I finished it. It's a great read.
4: Wonderful. I'm glad you enjoyed it. What motivated you to write it? Well, I discovered Octavia Walton-Levert when I was working on my first book, which is Mobile Under Siege, Surviving the Union Blockade. And I was gathering short stories and various accounts of women, children, enslaved, how they survived in Mobile during this time period. And in all of the research, one person stood out amongst the rest, and it was Octavia Walton Levert. She was a unionist in Mobile at the time, and the city was strongly Confederate, sympathizing. But one th- a third of the city was unionist still, but she was a unionist. And that was very interesting, and she remained so, to the point that one of the rumors was that she was kicked out of the city because of her union sympathies that she had to leave or her life was in danger. And so I thought, wow, that's an interesting story. Why did they care that it was a woman in this situation? Why did it matter? And so I started diving into her story and discovered so many more wonderful things. Can you give us an overview of the book? Sure. It is about Madame Octavia Walton-Levert. She had a fascinating history. Now, she had a salon here in Mobile, Alabama, where I live. The salon was a premier salon, a place where people discussed politics, life, made big decisions, hung out, got to know each other, intellectual conversation. There was this in Mobile, Alabama, and it was the only one in this area of that prominence. The rest of them were located up north near Washington, D.C., New York, and those areas. Her salon was internationally known in Mobile, Alabama. But then I wanted to know more. So I started looking to her history and I found out some amazing things. For example, her grandfather signed the Declaration of Independence. And then there is a prominent place in Florida called Fort Walton Beach, Florida. And that's named after her father. And then she's here in Mobile, Alabama. So what happened? What was the thing that really made her prominent? I had to strongly use deeds, wills, track down the family. There is not a whole lot of literature written about the Waltons. George Walton Sr. signed the Declaration of Independence. There's not a book about him. Then George Walton Jr., his son, who was the first secretary for the state of Florida, there really isn't a book about him. And then there's his daughter, Octavia. Well, I had to go through the records and discover how they were connected. How did one relative know John Quincy Adams? What was the prominence? Why did it matter? So all of this ties back to genealogy and who they related to. And then another thing I discovered, and this really, really got me interested in learning her story, is that she was introduced to Edgar Allan Poe. And there is a poem that everybody's familiar with if they've read Edgar Allan Poe's works is to Octavia. Octavia Walton-Levert is the Octavia he is dedicating that poem to. So who is this lady? How is she connected to all of these prominent people? And so I started diving in and discovering more. The book goes through her life, the people she interacts with, things that she's encountered, but it also gives an overview of the lives of women during this time period. The, what she would have encountered in her various areas. I try to always give a good 360 view of the character, like you're looking over her shoulder. That's the, the motivation for writing this book.
1: Fantastic book. Thank you for that. So where's the best place for someone to get a copy of your book?
4: Oh, well, there's a website that I have. It's called suchawomanbook.com. And in addition, if you would like a signed copy of my book, Please send me an email. That's P L Webby, that's P L W E B B I E at protonmail.com, and I will gladly mail you a copy. In addition, Such a Woman is an audiobook and an ebook, so you can certainly get the book there too. Are you working on any other books? Yes. When you read Such a Woman, you will realize that it reads a lot like fiction, but it is true. So you're able to get through the story and go through the situation and learn a lot about her, but not be bored out of your mind. So I wanted to do that too with another nonfiction book. But I thought, if I can do this with nonfiction, why don't I try to do it with fiction? Yeah, wonder if I can really write fiction. So I partnered with a local author called Mary S. Palmer, and we're writing three books. We've written two. We're working on the third one now. It's the Mississippi Mojo and Murder Series. The first one is Mississippi Mojo and Murder. The second one is Devilry in the Delta. And you can purchase these two books at amazon.com. And in addition, if you would like a signed copy, you can certainly send me an email. Our cover artist is Abe Partridge, and he is a wonderful artist and very well-known.
1: Okay. Thank you very much. I'll go looking
4: for those. And then the next nonfiction book I'm working on, When You Read Such a Woman, There is a secondary woman in here. Her name is Betsy Walton Lamar. She was Octavia Walton Levert's enslaved person. In addition, the research shows pretty strongly that she was her sister. Yes. So with that in mind and the fame that Octavia had, I'm able to figure out where she was. And I have a lot of information about Betsy Walton Lamar that I'm building another book around.
1: Oh, that's great. Oh, Mm -hmm. that'll be so great to read. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Paula, I'd like to thank you for your time and for your books. Thank you so much. Listeners, pick up a copy of this excellent book. It's really a wonderful book. And all of the other books that were mentioned, this book is the story of Madame Octavia Levert. And it just dances off the pages. I just loved it. Thanks, Paula, for being a guest on Book Shorts. You come back
4: anytime. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And now back
2: to Preservation Oaks.
1: Welcome back to Preservation Oaks. I'm your host, Sean Thomas Radcliffe. We're here today with Mr. Scott Simons, also known as Scottman895, and we're talking about his Scottman895 travel YouTube channel. Scott, let's pick up where we left off and welcome back.
0: Thank you very much. It's great to be back.
1: I learned in the Q&A that you did, you've traveled to 46 states so far. Are you making plans to travel to the other four?
0: Uh, there's no immediate plans, but I definitely want to get to the last four because, yeah, there's still four states I have yet to visit. That's Nevada, Idaho, Alaska and Hawaii. Yeah, I'd love to get over there to all four of them at some point. They're they're a little bit more difficult because it's not like I can just drive there in a the night or or if I fly out there, it's like I I, I want to spend more than a day over there. So it's like that's usually where I have to plan like a longer trip to to visit those places but yeah that's what i'd love love to get to to the remaining four
1: yeah that'd be very cool how many international countries have you visited and filmed in so far
0: Uh, so far i've I've been to 17 countries that's including the united states i've been to the united states as well as the canada been to indonesia the united kingdom to also been to spain the netherlands germany austria slovakia Czech republic Slovenia, also been to Bosnia-Herzegovina, Croatia, Montenegro, Serbia, and then, and of course, you have to also Italy, and then also even Vatican City, too, since it's in the middle of Rome, and it's its own country.
1: Very cool. Great adventures. And I love the way you you don't refer to them as trips. You know, I'm going on this trip. You refer to them as adventures. I'm going on this adventure. I like that very much. Now, Scott, you also create videos showing car drives on various highway routes. How many miles do you put on your vehicle per year? Quite
0: a lot. <laughs> it's like just the, other, just the other day, I went over 100,000 miles in my Honda Civic. I've had the car for four years, so I've, I've been averaging 25,000 miles a year.
1: Wow. Yeah, I know you've been all over in that thing. Now, you put a GoPro on your, on your dashboard, and then you talk people through the drive. Do you get a good response to those videos?
0: Oh yes. There are are people who will just watch those videos in particular. Because I do different like driving videos, whether it's just on a highway or freeway, or even like where I go around different communities around like the Metro Detroit area. And I'll have people who will be interested in again just those driving videos or even just like my freeway videos in particular.
1: Okay, very cool. Scott, the quote the best laid plans of mice and men soon go awry. It left me wondering, on your travels and in filming your episodes, have you ever gone to a location and it just turned out to be a disaster and wasn't aired at all? Most
0: of the time, I've not really had that problem. There are two moments where I have had something like that happen. As a matter of fact, one was just just recently. So like... uh, just a month ago, I was planning to do a video up in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Well, I have one already, but it's like over a decade old. Decade old, and I wanted to refilm it to to update with better quality and 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 more, like more useful information. But when I was driving up there one day, which matter of fact, the, the driving video I made going up there that one ended up going up on YouTube. But the weather ended up turning for the worse, mm. where they, it was originally supposed to be a nice day, but when I got up there, it was raining. So I ended up having to to scrap the video because of really bad weather conditions. However, it wasn't for a, a total loss or anything because uh, I ended up instead going to a different place in Michigan because it was a lot more sunny, maybe like 50 miles to the northeast of there. So I ended up filming a different video instead. So it's like the old sayings, like oh, when life gives you lemons, uh, make lemonade. So that's, <laughs> that's essentially what I did. And then there was another time several years ago where I was going to film a restaurant in a city in Michigan, but I ended up not filming it because the the music they were playing inside the the restaurant was really, really loud to where you could barely hear me say anything. And then two, it's like the food was not really that great. And when it comes to like doing my, my restaurant tours, I want to promote like the, some great food that you can get and, I don't really want to upload anything where the food is not really up to par because it's not really fair to that restaurant or anything like that.
1: Yeah, well, it's not fair to your the people that watch your videos either. Now, of all the videos you've created and all the places you've visited, what are some of your favorites?
0: Oh wow, it's <laughs> I don't I don't know where to begin with this one because there's so many so many great destinations and great videos that I filmed like. But like when it comes to destinations, I really enjoyed my trip to Bali, Indonesia in 2019, just because it was co-ran by one of my very good friends. And I got to meet so many great people on that trip. We got to see some really cool destinations like waterfalls and temples. It's like I, I felt like my creativity was, was at its best dur- during that trip. So I really enjoyed that. And of course, I also really enjoyed the video of filming the buddy's pizza, as I mentioned earlier, with my nieces and my nephew. So like, that was a... That was a really cool moment, and then also too, it's like in recent years, especially three years ago, like during the pandemic when we weren't really traveling a whole lot. So like, I filmed like a special, kind of like a fun video I did at home It was like a video where it's like wanted like a like a crunchy PB and J sandwich, but at home we only had creamy peanut butter, so I lamented on that fact. But then real cheese basically made me feel better, so I, so it was like a, a little fun video I filmed. Because at that time, I couldn't really travel because of the pandemic. So oh, right, it was a nice yeah. way to keep my creative juices going. And then just this last year, I filmed a sequel to that video where I got to travel this time because I was able to at, at that point. But I was able to co- combine the like the comedic stuff I did in that first video, but then transfer to the sequel, but still combine my love of travel with it, too. Where, like in that video where I got to go to Cleveland and got to get a really delicious grilled cheese sandwich at a restaurant in the Cleveland area. And I got to do some traveling around Cleveland as well too, including check out the rock and roll hall of fame. So it's like a lot of different fun moments with my YouTube channel. Like there's many of them, but those are like the ones that come fresh in my mind.
1: That's great. Thank you for sharing that. Scott, is there a difference between filming in the United States versus filming overseas?
0: When it comes to the world, I feel like like we're we're all the same in general, so so whether I'm filming in the United States or Canada or or if I'm going over to Croatia or Italy, I don't really know as much of a difference because I I approach the videos the same way as I do if I was filming just here in Detroit. But it's like, sure, it's like you have some cultural differences, whether it's the language or the food or the customs. But other than that, like, that's really the only difference.
1: Yeah, the biggest one that occurred to me was the language. You know, you're out filming and you're speaking English. And I don't know if you, you know, know all these languages from these countries you go to. Has that ever been an issue?
0: Not really. It's like, I only only speak English, although I do know a a little bit of Spanish from some of the classes I took in high school. I'm not fluent in Spanish by any means, but I, I know enough to where I could get by like in Spain, for example. So I got to use it a little bit when I went to Barcelona several years ago, but when I've been to other countries, even like ones that are in central Europe, like uh, the Czech Republic or Croatia or Serbia, I don't really know any, any Czech or, or Serbian, but a lot of people, especially in the cities do know at least some English to where you can easily get by with, with maybe just doing like, thank you, hello, and goodbye in the native language. But so yeah, not really run into any like language barriers, especially in in Europe or anything like
1: that. Okay, cool. I was just watching a video on Dubai, and that's in the Arab Emirates, and they do not speak Arabic there at all very much. They speak English. They train their kids in school in English. Because it's a cosmopolitan city, English is what they speak the commentator was saying that in Arabic there's like a number of different dialects and oftentimes it's easier just to speak in English because we don't have a lot of dialects.
0: Oh yes yeah. so, so, so yeah that's a common thing that you'll see in countries around the world or especially like in the big cities is that English is a major business language so like a lot of times when like especially for like work purposes where people will travel let's say from Germany and they'll go to Turkey for example Like, people in Turkey may not know German, and a lot of people in Germany may not know Turkish, so that's where, but they might have a a grasp of English, so usually they'll communicate in, in English.
1: Yeah, it's just amazing. It's amazing how versatile human beings are, you know? Absolutely. Now, I'm not suggesting you do this, Scott. I'm just curious. Have you ever sought partnerships or sponsorships for your travels?
0: That's not something I really have done, at least at this point. Like, I'm always open to doing something like that sometime in the future. But if I were to do any sponsorship or partnership, it has to be something which fits in with my values. Like, I would not want to promote anything that I would be against supporting or or anything like that. Because I I want to stay true to, to my audience. And I don't want to promote anything that would be unorthodox to to my, to my values and and to what I have talked about in my, in my, all my content and all my upcoming content.
1: Yeah, makes sense. Now we've mentioned your website. Your website is scottman 895 travelcom What kinds of things are available to do on your website for the visitor? My website is pretty basic. It's more just
0: informational stuff. I don't really have a lot of things on there. I don't update it very often, but the two things that really stand out on the website would be I have written some blog posts on different things although I don't really write stuff a whole lot I almost should get back into that though at some point because it is fun to write a to write an, an actual article instead of make a video but I, I concentrate more my time on YouTube and making videos so I don't really have as much time to write anything in the blog but one of my favorite things about the website is that I have a where I've been map Page. So there's a page where I have like a two maps one of all the states I've been to in the United States and also all the countries in the world I've I've been to.
1: That's very cool. Yeah, it's a very cool thing on your website. That's nice. So you're not meaning it to be the one stop shop for travel and adventure. You're just it's there to represent you and and really you enjoy doing the videos more.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's been a a very thrilling adventure.
1: Okay. Scott, to you, what's the value of doing travel videos?
0: So, what's great about
1: travel videos
0: is that it's a, it's a really nice way to, to show how amazing our, our world really is. So, that, that's one of the reasons why I enjoy making all my travel videos. And that's why I've been doing it for over a decade and I have no plans of stopping. So like, the world is a very fascinating place. So I, so, I know, again, like, the world's not perfect. There are some negative things that are out there. Again, that's why I say, often in my videos to turn off your tv and just get out there and and travel the world because when it comes to travel videos like it's a great way to promote a destination whether it's a city a town a park or a restaurant or even a highway especially with the case of my driving videos so it's a it's a great way to help people plan their future trips just like i like for example like there's even a friend of mine who i who I got to meet in person for the first time? I think a couple of years ago. I think it was in down in Texas, where the person found me, or I think she and her husband found me through one of my videos at Frankenmuth, Michigan, which is a very popular destination in Michigan. Yeah, where everybody goes to, like for like the world famous chicken dinners, or there's the world largest Christmas store. So, yeah, Frankenmuth, Michigan is a very fascinating town, especially if you happen to visit Michigan one day. They found me through my Frankenbooth videos. And they planned their entire trip off my video, and they absolutely love the trip. It's the trip they would love to do again. So I thought that was very, very touching. So I was r- really happy to, to see that. Just, like just hearing feedback from people how my videos have really helped them with planning their trips, or with just with providing them entertainment. Like that's just a huge motivation for me. Like I always enjoy it when people go off on different adventures again it doesn't have to be anywhere far it could be somewhere close by or it could be around the world it's like just like anytime my friends will go off on a trip i'm always eager to hear about their travels so it's like so again like with the travel videos it's a nice way to pr- provide a guide for people and to help uh align people's lives with entertainment and some also some education and inspiration as well too and then and also it's it's, an, it's a nice it's a nice way to ha- have a more positive outlook on life because it, it is a nice escape from the troubles of, of everyday life. So that's why I always enjoy going off on different adventures. And again, that's why we're that happy adventuring hat because it's like, I, I, I like the message behind it because it's like you go off on different adventures. It's a nice way to escape from the troubles of some of the problems in the world. And it's a great way to help, connect with, with people from all around the world, make new friends, and in the end, I get to learn from, from one another.
1: Yeah, that's what I very much enjoy about your videos is they're informative, they're from the common man's perspective, and you are always upbeat, and uh, you make them interesting. Scott, I want to thank you so much for spending time with us today. It's such a pleasure to meet you and, and to meet the person who's making these wonderful travel videos for people. Scottman eight nine five travel on YouTube. Scott, we've learned so much about you, and I hope listeners will consider becoming a Patreon supporter of yours.
0: Oh, thank you very much. So like, yeah, again, I do have the Patreon up there. It's like you're, like nobody, no one's obligated to join that or anything, because I I, I produce content for everybody. It's like I will mention that if you if you aren't interested in joining it in my Patreons, like what's cool is that I think things like five dollars is that every month i have like monthly q a sessions so like if you really enjoyed hearing t- today's talk it's like it's like the, the live q a's that i do on patreon once a month are a great way to you want to ask ask me different questions like on a youtube stream that's a it's another it's a great incentive for that but again it's like you're not obligated it's like just seeing guys enjoying my content or going up in, on different adventures and and seeing how my videos have really helped with your travels that's just huge motivation, uh, for me as a whole. So it's like, and again, it's like, yeah, all my different followers who have supported me for over the years, whether they've been my family, my friends, my coworkers, and, and all my followers, I, like, I absolutely love all, all the support I I've gotten. It's like, yeah, it's like all oh, you guys are like huge, huge motivation. It's like, I, I, it's like, I love making content for, uh, for everybody.
1: Thank you, Scott. And with that, we'll end our time with our guest, Scott Simons. Listeners, please stay tuned for my comments and wrap-up, which is coming up next.
3: An immersive journey that transports you to some of the most incredible destinations on Earth? Scottman 895 travel videos on YouTube offer a window into the world's rich tapestry of cultures, traditions, and untold stories. Take a casual look at the destinations and experience good food and moments of reflection. Scottman 895 travel videos capture the essence of exploration. Join a community of travelers share your own adventures, and connect with like-minded souls around the globe. Get inspired, fuel your wanderlust, and uncover hidden gems with every click. So, if you're seeking a world of discovery, excitement, and cultural immersion, subscribe to the Scottman895 Travel YouTube channel today and embark on a never-ending journey of travel experiences. Like, subscribe, become a Patreon supporter and comment on each video. Let the power of Scottman 895 travel videos transport you to extraordinary destinations. Subscribe now and let the adventure begin.
1: This is John Mathewson, curator at the Dorset Historical Society located in Dorset, Vermont, and I love listening to Sean Thomas Radcliffe on MicroStream Radio. This is David Reed, Chief Curator with the Reno County Museum in Hutchinson, Kansas, and I listen to Sean Thomas Radcliffe and Preservation Oaks on MicroStream Radio.
4: This is Cheyenne Yanstatter, Archives Manager and Outreach Associate at the Museum of Danish America, and I enjoyed being a guest on Preservation Oaks with Sean Radcliffe.
3: Oh my God,
4: I think I've had a bit too much history. I think I've been thrown into an alternate reality. Sort of a parallel universe kind of thing. Hmm, no, I think it's just that I'm identifying so much with the people of the past. Excellent. This is kinda nice, knowing how things really work and using history to make better decisions for the future. I'm kind of digging this. Wow. I love history. Oh my goodness. Okay now, that's much better. Let's keep on listening.
2: Wherever you get your podcast groove on, you can get all the history you can eat anytime with Preservation Oaks. Join other listeners at preservationoaks.podbean.com and let us know what you think by sending email to preservationoaks at gmail.com.
3: I am General Matto Van du Maximinus from the planet you refer to as BD 114672C. I am the legate of the 2nd AB Pictoris B region governor of the approaches to NU Octantis AB, interplanetary consul, commander of the legions of AB Pictoris A, 91 Aquari B, Mu Leonis B, and Gamma Library B, and I listen to Preservation Oaks on MicroStream Radio. <laughs>
1: welcome back. As I mentioned previously, this is the first episode kicking off a new dimension here on Preservation Oaks, where we identify video creators who are preserving and telling the stories of history one video at a time. I can't think of any better way to begin this aspect of our program than having Scott Simons and the Scottman895 Travel Channel as our guest. Scott is authentic, unique, well-traveled, and intelligent. He's been traveling and creating travel videos for 14 years, and these can inspire his viewers to take the time to pursue travel and adventure. We started this episode with a quote from Scott, which I think is very appropriate. This is a paraphrased version. I want to encourage everyone to get out there and travel. You don't have to have all the money in the world. You can see a lot of the world just in your own neighborhood. I feel like there's a lot of people these days who tend not to get out of the house and all they're doing is watching television and the media and they're consuming all these negative things about the world. If you just get out of your house and go to a park that's near you or go to the store or a museum that's in your city, you don't have to fly halfway around the world. You don't have to drive to another part of your home state. You can learn so many great things about your home city try some amazing food, and of course, meet a lot of great people. After all, travel is a nice escape from many of the troubles of everyday society. It makes a huge difference in a very positive way. I feel so lucky to have the opportunity to meet Scott and to bring listeners his unique story. If you think about it, Scott Simons and his Scottman895 travel channel is taking a historical snapshot of the United States and the world. He provides unique adventures for his audience to follow along with him and support him in his adventures. Oh, and be sure to take a look at his annual blooper videos. In every sense, Scott Simons and those who share history as a part of their channel are without a doubt one of our nation's preservation oaks. During this episode, I refer to Scott's videos as coming from the perspective of the common man. To me, this term means from the perspective of the average citizen of the United States. It's important to me to share information like this with the Preservation Oaks listeners. Travel and adventure can help everyone learn more about the history and culture of their area and the world. Combining your spirit of adventure with support for your local museum, cultural and heritage institution, historical preservation and genealogical society can bring you and your family an extraordinary amount of happiness and satisfaction. It's very apparent that Scott has a vision for what he brings to his audience and a passion for travel and sharing his travels with his audience. I hope that Scott's nieces and nephews can join him for more videos. That'd be great. Stay tuned to Scott's channel for more travel videos and don't miss his upcoming trip to the Republic of Georgia, which is coming in the September October timeframe. As we wrap up this episode, I'm going to share the contact information for Scott Simons one more time. If questions occur to you and you'd like more information, please connect with the ScottMan895Travel YouTube channel. First of all, you can find Scott's channel on YouTube, and that's Scott. SCOTTMAN895 his website is scottman895travel.com he's on facebook as scottman895 you can support him at www.patreon.com/scottman895 and you can email him if you go to his website there's a form that you can use to contact scott via email i'm also sure scott is very grateful for your support I hope this information helps the audience understand more about the Scottman 895 Travel YouTube channel and the work that Scott Simons is doing. Okay, that's a wrap for this episode. Music used today is from Track Tribe of Shane, Scott Holmes, and Cymbalbird. MicroStream Radio is a registered trademark. You can visit us at www.microstreamradio.com. This broadcast is owned and copyrighted by MicroStream Radio. It cannot be rebroadcast, downloaded, copied, or used anywhere without the written permission of MicroStream Radio. Thanks to everybody for listening. I really appreciate it. This is Sean Thomas Radcliffe. See you all next time on Preservation Oaks. And until then, keep on giving and keep on living the good life.